folks, welcome back to Good Vibes Nation. Doug's not on this podcast, but you guys know what that means. It means I have a guest, and today's guest is Carol Slusky. Carol is a mother of two daughters, a grandmother, and also a victim of one of the worst losses a person can experience in life. Carol has an amazing story to tell. She's also an author of her book we'll be discussing on the podcast called 30, A Mother's Journey After Losing Her Child. But I want to welcome Carol to the show. Carol, welcome. How are you? I'm great, and thank you, Nick, for inviting me on. Oh, I can't wait to to talk to you. I've got so many questions. You've got an amazing journey, obviously heavy at times, you know, but we're going to speak about joy and laughter on this podcast too, I'm sure. But we'd like to start off, if you could take with our guest, we'd like to start off, can you take us back a little bit? Where are you from? Take us through your childhood, if you don't mind. Well, I was, yeah, I was born in Chicago and grew up mainly um, in the suburbs of Chicago and then uh, when I got married fairly young, I was 20 years old when I got married. So my uh, husband, he was an engineer and he traveled a lot with his company and the, the company moved us. So from there, for the next number of years, I moved from one, one state to another. And um, I did have a, a family right away. I started having uh, um, children. In fact, I my first daughter, she was born exactly nine months to the day after we were married. Oh, and I wow. Did, yeah, I know. Uh, I remember when I was in the hospital back then, the, uh, had a priest come in and he said, oh, he said, I see I've got a good Catholic here. <laughs> That's right. Glad. Doing the math, right? Yeah. <laughs> right. So, um, and then 20 months after that, uh, I wound up having my second daughter. And that's Paula. And Paula is my daughter that I, I lost when she was, she passed away when she was 24 years old. Mm. And um, the book that I wrote, 30, it's really not about her life. Um, it's about her death, mm-hmm. how it happened. And it's also the about my recovery. Yeah. I've got 30 years invested in in uh, living without her in my in my life, you know, physically here on earth. Yeah. And I had to I went through a lot to uh, get to a, a good place where I'm at today. And I, I really, really got a calling uh, several years ago to write a book. And I started writing 16 months ago. And it took me that long to write it. And it's just been published. It's on Amazon. And I, I really share a lot to to the public. I, I want to reach out to moms and dads that have had this happen to them and to let them know that there is hope. Yeah. There's don't give up. There's a lot of hope. There's so much into that. And I definitely want to dive into that some more. Absolutely. Uh, but you said Chicago. I'm I'm from New Jersey originally, so from the Northeast Italian family myself. Same thing with my co-host Doug, who's not here today. But uh, you mentioned you married early. You're married to to Dr. Dennis Lusky. How'd you guys no, meet? Well, he's my second husband. Yeah. Okay. How'd you yeah, guys I meet? Did, I got divorced when we were married. When my first husband, his name is Jim. He's in the book too. Right. And. But then again, the book is not about me and Jim and my divorce, but I do touch on 
our relationship, uh, raising our daughters. Yeah. He was, he is the father of my five daughters. And, um, so basically he and I got divorced after we were married 23 years. And then four years after that, I met my husband, Denny, who is a big part in the book because he's the one who was present with me when Paula died. Right. He's the one that really helped get me through a lot of my ag- the agony and the grief I, I went through. And I explain a lot, of, a lot about that relationship, how it worked for me in recovery. How did you meet Dennis? Well, he was my uh, sister, Diane, his neighbor. Okay. Uh, her na- I'm sorry, her neighbor. And um, he had gotten divorced. <laughs> and my sister and my niece kind of, they did a, a match mate. Ah, so this is, so, this, yeah. this is prior to online dating and stuff, right? Right. Yeah. This, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, definitely. Um, I have to laugh. I, I, it was something that I never knew that would happen. Yeah. Um, Isn't that know, funny how that works? We met uh, and I invited them to, uh, my best girlfriend's son was getting married. So I invited them to see if you wanted to be an escort, you know, to the wedding with me. And um, first he said he couldn't make it, but then he did call me back the next day and said that he could make it. Okay. So, All right. Dennis. You know, blind date, a blind date that led to, and I've been married to him now 30 years. That's so. awesome. And, and taking a, a, a potential boyfriend or girlfriend to a wedding. That's, I think that's a great judge, a way to, a way to judge, right? I mean, they're going to meet family. Yeah. You're going to see, are they outgoing? I think that's, I think that's a good way. If we, if we could set that up every time for, for these young kids, I think that would be a good thing. But you said you had kids young, obviously, but tell us about Paula. What was, how was Paula? What was she like? Well, first of all, when Paula was born, she was born premature at seven months. I had a premature placenta separation. And so she almost did die at birth. It was, it was touch and go. And it was just a matter of us getting her to the hospital as soon as we could do get there. She, she lived. And 20 months after that, um, she wound up having a lot of problems with her bladder and kidneys and constant, constant infections, constant high temperatures. And she went into a convulsion. And this was one when she was just 20 months old, she had a convulsion and rushed her to the hospital and she almost died that night. In fact, they had us call the priest to give her her last rites. She made it through that. And I, I write about that incident also in the book and how her life was extended for another 22 years. I had her, um, 22 more years. So she was 24 when she died. And Paula, uh, she, I'll put it right up front. She, she died from a pulmonary embolism, which is a blood clot that was in her lungs and it went up into her heart um, or it suffocated her heart. You know, I really, right. I, I, that's probably about the best way I could describe it, but it was a massive, massive blood clot. And it was sudden and nothing 
precipitated before that that would make she or me think that you know she was in trouble that her life was in trouble so um it's that's you know basically how she passed and i that's the beginning that's really the beginning of the book um when i found out that my daughter was in icu um on life support that's uh that's really like the beginning of the book. We talked about it a little bit on our on our fast podcast that we just released. I'm sure you heard in the news the whole Damar Hamlin thing from Buffalo, and I, I had mentioned on on our podcast about just I mentioned on my social media page, my personal social media page, about how life is so precious and can change in a blink of an eye. And this is exactly what I'm talking about. I mean, that's just, right. Just a normal day, you know, no no you know, pre-existing conditions. She wasn't in, it doesn't sound like she was in an ill health. It was just one second, your life changed. That's right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's, um, I have a habit right now of, of saying uh, to my granddaughters, you know, be safe, be right. safe. And my, my oldest granddaughter said, Grandma, you know, stop saying that. You know, we, we, I, I do try to stay safe. Why do you say that? And I said, because just what you said, Nick, yeah. same just exactly you you nailed it it in all it takes is a few seconds yeah not minutes seconds that's right and and you're gone you could be gone that's right i'm sure that was probably i I would imagine the darkest moment of your life i i mean i I, could you even begin to describe that you know the experience the pain the loneliness i'm sure that you and your your family endured during that time I never experienced anything like it prior to her death. And, you know, I've never experienced anything prior after the, after her death on the degree, the type of pain it was. Mm. Um, and I, I really think it's important that, you know, the family members can understand the person that lost the child, that they could understand that it is the worst possible type of grieving and death that could happen. At least it was for me. And I've met and and associated and bonded with many, many uh, moms. And throughout the 30 years that Paul has been gone, and I've tried to mentor them and help them and they say the same thing. They say that not no one else in their family or their friends really understand understand why they still are grieving. Mm-hmm. Why can't they move on? Why can't they just let this pain go? Uh-huh. And uh, it, it takes a lot. And I'll tell you, Nick, for me, if, if God was not in my life, I would not be here talking to you because I wound up even, even when I had God as strong as I did, the pain was so bad that I wound up getting sick one illness after another. I wound up having four back operations. I had knee replacements. I had fibromyalgia. I had MS. All these things happened to me over the course of 30 years. Yeah. Then the big one happened. I wanted to put the heart disease, cardiomyopathy, and non-ischemic, which means they couldn't 
find why I got it. Mm-hmm. Well, I asked my doctor, I read, I, I said, could it be broken heart syndrome? I read about that. Yeah. And he said, yep, that, that's, it could be that. It really could. It could be that or it could be a virus. It's... And of course, you know, now with what's happened with COVID, we know that yeah, a virus can be very uh, dangerous yeah. to us, but um, I believe, I personally believe that was my heart was broken. Um, I'm sure. I'm sure. I, there's no way that I can even sympathize, you know, and, and just alone the, the, the studies that show what stress alone, okay, just stress alone does on your body, like you're talking about, about causing illnesses and stuff like that too. And you hear about it all the time about, you know, the husband and wife that were married for 75 years and one passes away. And honestly, you know, I've seen within 24 hours, the other one, you know, and that's definitely broken heart syndrome. So I, I can't even imagine how'd your family respond. Let me ask that because so often, so many times you hear just as being an outsider, you hear either the family gravitates together, they pull together, or this becomes just a wedge in the family. Because it's something that you've all never experienced. How was your family life after that? Well, first of all, my immediate family was just a little family because I was divorced from her, from Paula's father. Mm-hmm. So he really, you know, wasn't in my everyday life. And then I had Denny, which was, was my second husband. He and I were engaged to get married. So he stepped up to the plate as far as with the support that he gave me. And then I had my older daughter and she basically, um, she just helped me tremendously without her help. And and we just helped each other because she was in grief too. I mean, she lost her sister and they had been, they were 20 months apart. So they kind of, they grew up together. They were more than just sisters. They were girlfriends. And since we moved out of state every two years to a new area, they both had to, you know, stick together as they were little and growing up in schools and that, uh, because they were, they were the best of girlfriends. So my little family at that time consisted of Denny, my other daughter, Ellen, mm-hmm. and me. Um, the rest of my family, my mother and my sisters, um, my mother couldn't take it. You know, I really had to be careful with my mom because uh, I didn't want her to have a heart attack. She loved Paula. And, you know, so I didn't lean on my mom. My two sisters, they were there for me. They were there for me. My oldest sister, Diane, she was probably there for me for years. And um, we lived across the street from each other for a while. So I would go over to her house and she would help me. My close friends, they were there. But the whole point is, and I do want to stress that in my book, I said, I, I stress that if you never lost a child, you cannot imagine the grief, the feeling of it. And other moms, and dads have said the same thing. They agree with me. They understand. They feel that same way. So the biggest thing that I, I want to point out is that 
as a parent, a mother who lost her child, I never forgot her. I never replaced her. And I learned how to live without her. And that's really by the grace of God I did. And I just recommend that you have to be strong, very strong-willed. You have to find out what you can do for yourself. You know, God could only go so far. He could be there for you. But what He's he was there for me, but he told me what I needed to do. And I listened and I did it. And that's to be strong, to fill your life. I had to fill my life with other things other than Paula. She wasn't there anymore. So that time that I spent with her was no longer. So I had to fill in with good things to make myself positive. So important. Obviously, you're a woman of faith. How was your faith at that point in your life? When this happened? Well, when, when it happened, I can remember she almost died when she was, you know, little. So of course I had the faith back then because I had my two miracles. Mm. She lived. But then, you know, as, as time and years go by, it's just common that you don't think of that. You stop thinking of that and life continues on. And I'm just gonna be real honest with with uh with my life and my feelings. Back then, yes, I did believe in God. Did I practice my faith? I thought I did. You know, I I went to church. I don't know if I went to church every Sunday, but I went to church. I was brought up Christian, so that's something that we do. I had my children, my both daughters. I had them, you know, of course, baptized and Holy Communion, the confirmation, the whole bit. Of course, I practiced my faith. But did I really, really believe and did I really feel it? I did not really feel my faith until I lost Paula. And that's what's amazing. That changed me. It made me actually, looking back, it made me a better person. Because now, then, I knew that if I wanted to see be, and feel my daughter again, I had to go to heaven when I died. Mm-hmm. So I had to, you know, I had to work at that. So many times, and and I'll bring up Damar again, Damar Hamlin's thing with the player from Buffalo. So many times we go through life, right? And I'm guilty of it myself too, right? About, you know, not praying until you need something, right? Not praying until something goes wrong. Kind of just going Absolutely. going through the motions, right? Yes. It's, it's crazy, but there's times when – you have no other resource, no other where to look but up. And it's so good to see that you, you know, you, you leaned on him. It may sound cliche, right? But there's so many times in life when the enemy means something for evil, but God goes ahead and, and he turns around that for good. And, and this is the case with Paula. When did you decide to put your thoughts together and become an author and use this as a tool to help other people? Well, first of all, the, the, the beginning years, I know I can go five years, 10 years, 15, 20. I've got a lot of years. 30 years is a long, yeah. a long time. All right. I'm going to say probably the first 20 years. I would never have thought that I would even entertain writing a book. Yeah. Okay. I just never 
I couldn't have done it because I couldn't, I, I don't think I could have functioned writing it. Then maybe the last the 10 years of the 30, from 20 to 30, I definitely was stronger mentally and spiritually. And I started noticing and being aware of other moms and dads that lost children. I wanted to help them. I wanted to be there for them. You know, my, my older daughter, a lot of her friends came to me and I, I, I mentored them. One in particular, she lost her son. And I wound up just mentoring her. And it, it she said it helped her. And that, that gave me such a good feeling that I was able to use my grief, turn it around, and help someone else. And so that gradually came to the point where I decided to write a book. A year and a half ago, going actually it's going on two years, we moved from the Illinois area to Florida. And when I got here in Florida, you know, paradise, sat out on my lanai, and I said, you know what, Carol, I'm retired. I, I mean, I'm in my 70s. I'm in my upper 70s. I'm retired, fully retired. I'm an artist. I paint. But that's a hobby. That was a business, too. But now it's, everything's a hobby. I want to relax, do nothing but live, live a, a, a normal life, and maybe get some friends, you know, play some cards, or do this and that. But no, 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 it wasn't like that. It was just, you've got to write a book. I started going to classes right away, Bible classes at the church that's near, near me, St. Agnes. And I bonded with so many women there um, at, at the class that they, in our discussions, made me realize that, yes, I needed to do this. I needed to write a book to put down how I got better and you know how I how much strength I gained from from the way I was praying and living and so that's when I started I started writing right away I, I 16 months into it it was almost like a full-time job but I was upstairs here in my little office just writing and writing and I'll tell you something I the next day I would come up back upstairs and I would read what I wrote and I would say, oh my gosh, I can't believe I wrote that. It's so beautiful. How did I write that? It was because all those feelings came into me again about losing her. And it, it was the Holy Spirit that was just pouring into me. It was like my hands were flowing across the computer, typing. It was just one thing after another, how I felt. I even started to do poetry mm. in this book. I never did poetry before, but it was just things that just came to my mind. And I wrote a lot about the middle of the book. There's this, it's chapter three. It's all about Mary, Blessed Virgin Mary. And at the funeral, going back to 
the first part of her being deceased. At the funeral, I had an internal feeling that Mary gave to me that she's in heaven. I remember that, and I wrote about it. And so for chapter three, I wrote about my relationship with Mary, that I allowed her and let her and asked her and begged her to be my mentor, to please go to your son and ask him to help me, help, help me. I didn't pray to Mary like she's God. She's not God. She's his human mother. She's human. Mm-hmm. She's human like me. That's where I bonded with her. The human element was there. She suffered. And I related to her. And I related for the first time in my entire life how Jesus suffered. Yeah. That's amazing. I want to thank you. I want to be mindful of, of our time together. I want to thank you for what you're doing, for opening up, for being vulnerable, and most of all, for, for helping others. Uh, it's not, you know, like I said, I, I've got two girls of my own. I could only, I can't even imagine. I can't even imagine what you and your family have been through. But I do see through your story, through your journey, that, you know, it's a pain that, that only you guys can experience, and especially moms, right? I mean, it, it would be hard, too, for a dad, but especially moms, this, this living human being you gave birth to. It's a, it's a marathon. It's not a sprint. It'll never go away. Uh, you know, I don't want to put words in your mouth, but I, but I think that this is something that you'll have, you know, on, on your heart always. But you're using that, that experience to help others, to cope you know, to, to find some sort of happiness. And I I don't want to thank you for that, Carol. I think that is, it's very big and a lot of people don't, they can't do it. They won't do it. But I want, I want to thank you for that. Thank you for writing this book. Where can our listeners find this book? Well, you could go to Amazon. I um, just put in my name, Carol Slusky, and um, it'll go right to it. The name of the book is 30. So, but the biggest thing is I stress that put my name in because, you know, it's just gone up on Amazon. The book was just released like two weeks ago. Awesome. And so the algorithm is, you know, way down there on the bottom. And if you do happen to purchase the book, I thank you from the bottom of my heart. I I hope and pray that it helps you. And, um, you know, of anybody who has lost a child. Um, it's a beautiful, beautiful gift to give someone because it will help them. I write about God. I write about, you know, spirituality, what we need in life. And um, that's what we really need right now. So just put my name, Carol Slusky, S-L-U-S-K-I, and it'll pop up. And do a review because the reviews are important. I found out from my publisher that a review it's that algorithm up. So that brings it up to the top and uh, for people to find. Awesome. And I'm not here to sell the book. I'm here to help you. But, you know. Absolutely. Absolutely. And we'll put it on our, our social media page, too, so mm-hmm. others can find it easier. But, again, Carol, thank you so much for your time. Thank you for, for just opening up. And, and thank you for helping others. Oh, you're welcome. Thank you for having me on. 
and God bless your two daughters. Thank you. What's up, guys? Nick here. As our normal listeners know, this is about the time where you'll hear one of our bits, like Bonehead News or Yelp Help, something like that, something more uh, humorous at times. But uh, every once in a while, I go off the cuff, and this is one of those times. I just want to take a second and kind of share with you. Carol and I had a had a conversation once we wrapped up recording, and she made me make a promise. Uh, and that promise was that night before my kids went to bed to hug each one of them and let them know that I love them. And that's something I do on a daily basis, but I want to encourage you guys to do too, especially as a dad. I know a lot of times our persona, our toughness uh, gets in a way, but um, you know, with what's been in the news and what we've you know recently seen with Demar Hamlin, like I mentioned, and like Carol talked about about losing her daughter just uh, spontaneously. We don't know the day nor the hour. You know, cherish the time that we've got right here, right now. I want to challenge you guys too. I want Good Vibes Nation to make that promise that after listening to this podcast, before your loved ones go to bed, whoever's in your household, go ahead and give them a hug and let them know that you love them. Until next time, guys, we out.